Good morning, everyone. So the title this morning, for those taking notes, is Blessed of the Poor in Spirit, for they won't get stuck. Okay, let's just pray. Father, this morning we boldly approach your throne, knowing that you are a loving Father. But we also recognize and accept that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you will continue speaking to our hearts this morning. Open our spiritual ears that we would hear and that we would listen to you. Amen. So over the last few weeks, we've heard that God's not interested in us doing business as usual. In fact, we've heard that again this morning. You know, I wish my spiritual temperature was actually as hot as I'm feeling right now. I really do. Um, You know, Peter said, there's got to be more than this. Jimmy said, there's got to be more than this. And I, over a number of years, I've come out of church meetings, not just here, at other places, and I've had, oh, it felt like a grumbling and a moaning and a dissatisfaction. And I come under a bit of condemnation about that, and I thought, it's just me. I'm moaning. And then I went to uh, a Liverpool Alive meeting and this guy, I can't even remember where he was from, stood up and he was talking and he said, do you ever walk away with that sense of, oh, there's got to be more than this? this and I went, oh yeah, oh yeah. And he went, mm. and you think you're just moaning? And I went, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, it's not, it's God. Staring you. So, if you're in that place this morning, fantastic. Okay. But Rob said, when he spoke, that some of us are stuck. And he showed a picture of a Saturn V rocket going up. Didn't come across on the podcast that, but... No, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that force and that power... And that's the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to lift us off. To get us into the greater things of God. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to lift us off. Wants to move in us. But not for our benefit. Not so we feel good about ourselves but so that we affect this world and its kingdom for the kingdom of God. That's an awesome responsibility. So I was away on holiday and I didn't hear either of Jimmy's preach or Rob's preach. And I was sat by the pool, sunning myself. Um, And I was reading a book. And I was reading a book and I was thinking to myself, not for the first time, there's more to this walk with God. I'm a bit dissatisfied, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, yeah, I felt dry, I felt alone, I felt stuck. 
And I recently, um, I've shared this with Rob, I felt in a desert place. But not because I've wandered into the desert, but because God's took me into the desert to show me something. So that's where I've been for a few months. And I'm reading this book. And the author goes and quotes Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And I'm like, oh, okay. And other translations put it, great blessings belong to those who know they are spiritually in need. God's kingdom belongs to them. And I get home and I'm still reading this book because I'm quite slow at reading. And I'm pondering what it means to be poor of spirit. And I'm thinking, well, that's not me. I'm not poor in spirit. I'm rich in spirit because in Ephesians 1.3, it says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ, God has given us every spiritual blessing in heaven. So I'm not poor in spirit, I'm rich. And I just felt the Holy Spirit go, no, that's not it. Look at it again. Ask me about it. And the verse just keeps nagging away at me. I'll be driving along in the car and it pops into my head. I wake up in the middle of the night and the verse is tumbling through my head again. I'm thinking, oh Lord, what am I doing? And, and Billy Graham was asked this question about being poor in spirit. And he was asked, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? As Jesus said, we ought to be. I don't understand this because it seems to me that we ought to strive to be rich in spirit, not poor. Or am I missing the point? And Billy Graham answered with, your confusion is understandable. Well, that's good. That won me over straight away. After all, the Bible does warn us against being empty and impoverished in our souls. And urges us to seek spiritual riches instead. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will, will also be. In Matthew 6.21. But Jesus also said that there is another kind of spiritual poverty. One we should seek. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And what did he mean? Well, simply this. We must be humble in our spirits. If you put the word humble in place of the word poor, you will understand what he meant. In other words, when we come to God, we must realise our own sin and our spiritual emptiness and poverty. We must not be self-satisfied or proud in our hearts, thinking we don't really need God. If we are, God cannot bless us. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And pride can take all kinds of forms, but the worst is spiritual pride. 
So, so it comes to the prayer meeting then on Monday. And Marion's at the front and she's leading the prayer meeting for the nation. And she says that this nation's got a problem with pride and even with arrogance. And the Holy Spirit just jabbed me in the chest. And he went bang and I went, ooh, ooh, ooh. I thought, yeah. Yeah. I'm not poor in spirit, but I'm a bit proud in spirit. As a disciple, am I humble or am I proud? And the word humble means not proud or arrogant and modest. So the poor in spirit are humble in spirit. They are humble before God, knowing how much they need the spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit. The poor in spirit are those who recognize and accept that they need God's help. Yes, we have all the spiritual blessings that God has given us. Must accept that in ourselves we're spiritually bankrupt. We need a daily dose of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we need an hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second interaction encounter with the Holy Spirit. See, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to do the Lord. Thank you for this new day, and I want this. I would like Auntie Margaret to be blessed, my brother Paul for his liver to carry on working, for this to happen, for that to happen, for this to happen, for this, for this, for this, for that, for this, for this. And if you could do that in this time frame, in this way, and by this. Why do we not see the spirit moving? Is it because we think we know it all? Is it because we know how the spirit works? We know the methodology and we've got it all worked out. I presented my list. I've not only presented my list to God, I've actually told him how to do it. If only he'd listen to me. What's he playing at? I've given him my list. I've given him the method. I've given him the time frame. Why isn't he doing what I want him to do? Do we not see the spirit moving because we don't accept that God's will And God's ways are not our ways. And God's way of working is not ours. I've given him the list. I've given him the method. I've given him the time scale. Come on.
do we approach God with shopping lists or is it just me? It's obviously just me looking at all your faces. You know, have we forgotten or ignored that the Holy Spirit is God? He's part of the Godhead. It's not some kind of toy for us to play with. He is God. He's divine, he's holy. And yet we dare to tell him how to move and what to do. When actually we need to bow the knee, accepting every day that we need to empty ourselves of our own spirit and pride, of our own religion and our own version of Christianity. We need to humbly seek the face of God and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us in you. I love sharing words like this. It's fantastic. See, in Numbers 12, 3, it says, Now the man, Moses, was very humble, more than any man who was on the face of the earth. I've never thought that about Moses. Anyone else ever thought that about Moses? I've never thought that. I thought he was a great leader, great prophet. Had most things sorted out. And then it goes on in that story to say that Aaron and Miriam start to talk against Moses. Siblings, eh? Don't you just love them? And God calls the three of them out of the tent of meetings. Now, I get a bit panicky when the boss says, you need to come into my office. Right, but this is God calling these three people out. And he meets them outside the tent of meeting in a pillar of cloud. So I want you to just use your bit of imagination here. God's called you, Moses, and the other one out to the pillar of cloud. And then he says to Aaron and Miriam, come on in. Can you imagine that? I'd need to change of underwear. I'd, I'd be terrified. I'd be like, oh, no. What have I done? What have I done? And he calls them in. And he says this to the pair of them. He says this to the pair of them. In verse 8. With him, Moses, I speak face to face. Clearly, and not in riddles, he sees the form of the Lord. The man Moses, who was very humble in spirit, spoke with God face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. Isn't that something we should desire? In fact, isn't that something we can have? Through Jesus, we can speak face to face. But the key here is Moses being humble. I 
I can't imagine what it was like to step into that cloud and speak to God. And it goes on to say that God's anger actually burned against the two of them. And the cloud disappeared and God went. Don't you think that's amazing that he says, God says. He says with other prophets, I speak to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams and I speak to them in riddles. Oh, but with Moses, I speak face to face. Because he's humble. Because he got his own pride and his own spirit out of the way. And in Philippians 2, 6 to 8, we read this. Who, being in very nature, God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Talking about Jesus. So being humble in spirit was good enough for both Moses and Jesus. Why do I have the bare face cheek to present my lists and my demands, my time scales? You know, another reason we get stuck is we don't listen. In a relationship, the communication has to be two-way. Both parties talking and listening. When Moses spoke to God face-to-face, it was a two-way communication. When Jesus went and spoke with the Father, it was a two-way communication. Jimmy said in his preach, we need to start a dialogue rather than the usual monologue. I am fantastic at talking to God. I am. I'm really good at it. I am absolutely. Oh, he hears my voice. Oh, he hears it constantly. I am brilliant at talking to him. Not very good at listening. Not very good at listening. You know, we need to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, that word today about spiritual temperature terrifies me. Absolutely makes me go, oh, flipping heck. Because read where that is in the book of Revelation and read the consequence of being lukewarm. It's a frightening thing. But we need to stop and we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We must train ourselves to hear his voice. What does God want us to do? Not what do we we want from him. What does he want from us? 
You know, I find sitting in silence before God, waiting on him, the most difficult thing to do at times. Because my mind just starts racing and going into overtime. And I'm worrying about what we're having for tea three weeks on Tuesday and whether I've done that appointment right and what I've got to do for the boss. And and I don't think about these things normally. You know, I'm I'm pretty good with the stuff for work. But I, I don't dwell on things until I sit quietly before God and I wait on God and I'm wanting to listen. And then my mind goes click into overdrive and I'm, where are the car keys? Oh yeah, they're on the table downstairs where they always are. Uh, You know, is the dog being fed? Of course he has, you fed him. My mind just goes and there's a thousand voices coming in. And I need to learn to set all that aside and concentrate and quieten myself and listen for that still small voice oh how I wish that God would speak in a loud clear voice at times and not in a still small voice it would terrify the life out of me but there would be no mistake in that but we need to stop and we need to listen and we need to train our hearts and our spirits to hear him clearly You know, it's a must to sit at the feet of God. It's a joy and a privilege to sit at the feet of God. To enter his throne room and sit with him, it's a privilege. And he's made the way for us. But we just need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, in John five nineteen. Jesus answered them and he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. Wow. I wish my sons would do some of the things they see their dad doing. Tidying up, cooking occasionally, paying bills. But Jesus is saying, I don't do anything on my own. I don't do anything off my own back. I do what the Father tells me. I do what I see the Father doing. Now, if this is good enough for Jesus, why am I presenting a big list of requests, my shopping list again? When Jesus, part of the Godhead, is saying, I don't do anything unless the Father does it. I don't do anything unless he does. Yeah? So it's that listening again, isn't it? It's that finding out. What do you want me to do then, Father? Not what can you do for me, but what can I do for you? You know, we get stuck because we want the creator of the universe to do it our way. 
You know, in Genesis 1, it says, doesn't it, that the Spirit hovered over the waters. The Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. He's there at creation. He's implementing creation. When God says, let there be, he's there doing. And and I'm telling him that I want this doing at that time. Yeah, I've got this relationship the wrong way around. And God's very gracious. And when I give him his shopping list, he looks through it and he actually goes, yeah, go on, I'll do that one. You're not having some of them. They're ridiculous. You're stupid. Cross them out. I'll do that because that's part of my will. But I've got this relationship the wrong way round. I'm demanding of God and the Holy Spirit. Do, 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 do. I'm like a toddler wanting a biscuit before he's about to have his tea. Yeah, can you picture that? I'm jumping up and down and going, I want, I want. Ain't going to happen. You know, and then we can repent until the cows come home. And some of us have. But it's right and proper too when the Holy Spirit prompts us. Because otherwise it just becomes religion. It just becomes words. It just becomes like a sorry. It just becomes, I repent of that. And it doesn't turn you around and it doesn't affect you and it doesn't make you walk any different. You know, we must stop and bow the knee and lay down all of that bankrupt spirit, all of the stuff that we think we've got sorted. We just need to put it down and go, go on, fill me in you. There's a big gap there now, Lord, in my spirit. Fill it. You know, I need to accept that God's will and plan are going to prevail and that it's a better idea and it's a better plan than I'll ever come up with. You know, in 1 Peter 5, 6, it says again, humble yourself therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. This isn't about browbeating people. This isn't about an angry God with a big stick behind his back waiting to beat you. This is about a loving God, a loving father, because a loving father tells his children, don't do that. That's no good for you. Don't go that way. It's dangerous. A loving dad corrects his children. Paul, you must have corrected your children at some point. Once or twice. They're very good kids, so I believe it would only be once or twice. He's not angry. He's not saying, I won't give you your shopping list. But he's saying, I've got so much more for you. I've got so much more for you. Just put that bit of pride away. Stop thinking you know how this all works. 
Get rid of all that that's in your spirit. Lay it aside so I can fill you in you. You know, we get stuck because we simply don't see the kingdom of God first. And we don't have liftoff because we don't hunger and thirst. We can pick this up whenever we like. We can listen to podcasts whenever we desire. We've got such riches. I was away on holiday. I missed two weeks. And I've listened to them. And I've listened to them more than once. We've got such richness, such abundance, that we actually ignore it. You know, you'll have heard the stories of in China, people get a Bible and they rip a page out and they memorize the page and then they pass it on. And then there's a hunger. And I'm not saying we want persecution and we want not to be able to get a Bible. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there's a hunger there and there's a thirst there. And because we've got an abundance, do we take it lightly? You know, we get stuck because our faith is a noun and not a verb. Our faith has become a description rather than an action. A description rather than the way we live daily. Church, I believe we've had a warning this morning from God. I don't think it's just today. I think it's been over the last few weeks. But God's been saying, get off the carousel. Get off the wooden horse. Ignite the fire to the thrusters to get off the platform so the rocket can go in the direction I want it to go. Make sure your spiritual temperature isn't lukewarm. Now, I can stand here and believe me, did I want to share any of that that God gave me this morning? No, I'd like to have shared nice happy stuff. But the fact is, there's a God who cares for us so much that he's warning us and saying to us, it's time for you people to dig deeper and to get hold of my spirit and to get filled anew because I've got great things for you and you're going to miss it if you don't. God's plan and purpose will still be fulfilled but there's a good chance you mightn't get a part of it. God's plan for you and I is that we become more like Jesus. Oh, and that sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound great? 
I'm going to be more like Jesus. Woohoo! That'll be great, that. I won't fall out with any of you because I'll be more like Jesus. It'll be lovely. Jesus went to the cross, gave it all. So when God says, I'm going to make you more like Jesus, well, Jesus humbled himself even to death. See, I want to be more like Jesus. I really do. But part of me wants to miss that bit out. I want to go from the Thursday night of the Last Supper to the Sunday morning of the resurrection. And I, I, and I don't want that bit. I don't want the suffering. I don't want the beatings. I don't want the trial of my character. I just want the last meal and the resurrection. But you know what, folks? I'm not going to get it. You know, there is more to this Christian life. There is. There really is. And and that isn't just laying hands on people and them being healed. That isn't just preaching the gospel and them coming to salvation. As wonderful as those things are, as wonderful as they are, The best bit is that you get to walk hand in hand with a loving father every single day. And when we come to the end of the life, as we know it, we step into eternity with him. We'll see the Spirit move when we're serious about seeing the Spirit move. When it's a 24-7 thirsting, hunger and desire to see the Spirit move rather than Sunday morning, Sunday night, prayer meeting in the week, small group. And I'm not condemning any of you here because I do that. But we will see the Spirit move when we're serious with God. When we go filming and you, and it isn't just nice words. When it's a longing and a desire. When it's a hunger and a thirst. You know, when I got diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic for the two weeks before I bothered to go to the doctors. I was thirsty. The classic symptom. And I mean thirsty where the, my tongue would stick to the roof of my mouth. I've never known thirst like that. Dawn was doing ironing and I was picking up the jug of water. She was filling the iron up and drinking it. Because I could not satisfy that thirst. I've never known anything like it. I could drink two litres of 
Pepsi, Coke, whatever. Glass after glass. I could drink liters and liters of water because I couldn't quench the thirst. Well, do you know what? I want to be like that in God. I want to be that thirsty for the things of God and for his Holy Spirit that I have to daily, minutely, hour by hour, go to him to get that thirst satisfied. I can play church. I can do it. You know, Tino said you don't need, <laughs> yeah, he isn't here, but you don't need the Holy Spirit to do teas and coffees. Okay? I disagree, but okay. You don't need the Holy Spirit to do anything. Church for centuries did church without the Holy Spirit. I went to a church in my life that didn't believe that the Holy Spirit was for now. He'd been, he'd gone, he'd moved on, he'd found another project somewhere. I don't quite get the thinking, but... And it was, you guys lived through it, it was a big hoo-ha of... The Holy Spirit wants to come, wants to speak to us, wants to give us tongues to speak in. And it was a big, big hoo-ha, wasn't it? Christians were like falling out about it. Churches were being divided. But you know what? You can do church without the Holy Spirit. I'm pretty sure one of my bosses, if I gave him this... He'd have actually stood here this morning and give a better presentation of that than I have. But it wouldn't have been in the spirit. We can do church without the spirit, but why, oh, why, oh, why would you want to? Why would you want to? You know? I don't know whether Rob will be all right with me sharing this, but I'm going to share it anyway. So he, he come round the other day, and we, my one-to-one is, is what it's classed as, and Rob sits very graciously on my couch and just puts up with me moaning and listens to me nodding a few of the right places, tells me I'm wrong in other places, and just, you know. And he said, he was tell, telling the story of Esau when he had the bowl, sold his birthright for a bowl of stew, yeah? And he was saying, when he realised he'd lost his birthright, his cry of pain wasn't actually for the spiritual blessings that that birthright would bring him, but just the physical blessings. Yeah? And then he said, God had showed him that the Holy Spirit I'd watched some of us eating a bowl of stew. And I hope this wasn't just for me. I'd had a bowl of stew. We'd fallen asleep. And the spirit had got his coat on. Picked up his hat. And quietly left while we were sleeping. I didn't sleep very well Friday night after that. 
Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the Spirit of God going, I'm done with Kingsway. They're all asleep. Oh, put my coat on. Get me hat. And I'm out. That's terrifying, folks. And if you listen to what God has been saying over the last month, it's time to do something about it. It's time to wake up. It's time in your prayer closets on your own to see what God wants from you. So, blessed are the humble in spirit. Okay? God is a good God, a good Father, a loving Father. But when you're doing things not quite right, and it's not quite happening, he's good and loving enough to tell us. And that's what he's doing. So, Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you what then. If that's spoken to you, let's stand and let's just pray. Father, we thank you that you are a good and loving God. Lord, that you want to set us straight. Lord, that you want us to hoist our sails so that you, Holy Spirit, can blow into them sails and move us forward, both individually and corporately, Lord. Lord, all our methodology, all of our way of telling you how you should work. Lord, we just lay it to one side and we say, Holy Spirit, fill us in you. From the soles of our feet to the top of our heads. Lord, just pour your your oil just all over us. Lord, may we be saturated in your spirit. Lord, we may be so saturated, Lord, that we hunger and we thirst for more. Lord, that we desire to never, ever, ever be without your Holy Spirit. Amen.